Welcome to yet another episode of the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. We are one episode away from the merge, and we are limping there. The invoice was certainly steep on this one, just because I feel like I devoted way too much attention to what was a relatively lackluster episode. Andy, what did you think of this one? Well, I like to think about the positives, John, and one positive, at least, I now feel a kinship with one of the survivors. There's somebody with whom I have some shared interest, and of course, I'm speaking about Alec, the meat collector. Oh, I was so close. Drooshbag was my guess, but, you know. (laughs) Well, same. Close enough. Uh, you know what? This episode, I think, was marginally better than last week, but, uh, that's not very complimentary. No, and it was really a lot of smoke and mirrors to get to the outcome that we pretty much saw coming last week. Yeah, a lot of noise signifying nothing, and uh, on that note, let's talk about the rice trade. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, because that was yet another letdown. We actually came up with, and I didn't think of it until after we podcasted last week, I came up with the perfect solution. So in the future when this happens, I even tweeted this to Jeff Probst. I was like, listen, Probst. If this happens again, here's what you do, because he needs to listen to me like I'm Tyler Perry. So the ideal solution here, if this happens again, because as it is now, that wasn't a very stiff penalty. If you go to them and you say... Don't let Jeremy catch you say that. Oh, God. Whatever. So you go to them and you say, listen, I will give you a bag of rice. What we're going to do, everybody grab a rock right now. Purple rock goes home. Deal? And then see if they take it. If they want the rice that badly, fine, send someone home. Because if you send them to a council, their tribal council, they get to actually pick who they want to go home. No, 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 no. There's too many possibilities that you just vote out the weakest person then. Purple Rock, anybody can go home. Yeah, I think the flaw of that, though, is the tribe ha- or the show has to give them rice. And if you said it at that point, they'd be like, oh, you know what, we're good. Uh, but the show can't have people starve. And they looked... Uh, by all indications, like that was what was start to happen, and that's not good for television. So, yeah, giving up rewards that basically they could have just as easily not won is not that punitive. But what are you gonna do? You you know, make them sacrifice something, but it's better than just giving them food because starving people is bad television. And then the other thing I'd say is, well, it'd be fun to be out for blood and really punish these idiots for doing that. It's not all their fault, you know? The biggest idiots, um, you know, Missy and John are over on the other side having a rice party, right? Uh, this wasn't the fault of everybody there. So I think that justifies the show going a little easy on them. I think the concern is that, that it leads to a bit of a slippery slope and that people now will just be like, let's just eat the rice. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so that's my main concern here is mm. that it's not a bad strategy anymore to overeat. Just eat all of your rice, and then you have to give back the rewards that you won from being energetic enough because you ate all the rice? Well, the good news is this is one of those survivor making it up as they go, you know, negotiating and it happening. So this is the second time in 28 seasons this happens. I don't know that it's such a problem that, like, we have to nip this in the bud right now. There's nothing saying that next time, if people are just like, screw it, let's just eat the rice, I saw what it is, I'll give up a tarp, that the show won't be like... Yeah, that's not the price this time. The price is somebody's going home. Um, so I'm okay that they didn't, you know, get all medieval on them tonight, other than, you know, they tried to build it up as this big thing. And I guess that led us to a week of fun discussion of what it could be. And ultimately it was what I said it was going to be. It's like, yeah, it'll just be the tarp and the stuff. Um, 
But yeah, look, if somebody learns after this season and thinks that they can hack the game by just eating until the show gives them more, it's nothing saying that they can't be like, A, no, we're not giving you shit. Or B, saying, yeah, okay, you want that? You have to vote somebody out. You have to draw rocks. You have to give up even competing in the next reward. Or you have to send somebody to the other. Like, they can get more punitive. It's not quite at crisis levels yet. Once in 28 seasons. And look, again, if you believe, you know, Julie and Jeremy, this was a really stiff penalty. Well, yeah, and I know that you being Canadian, you're so against actually punishing people for their stupidity. Those liberal hearts of yours won't allow it to happen. It's but true. There's no more effective system in the world than the American penal system. That's so true. It's been proven time and again. So here was my wife's suggestion, which I guess should probably appeal to your Canadian nature a little more. The blue tribe's getting a bag of rice. How about the orange tribe then gets a bag of rice in addition to the blue tribe getting a bag of rice? Or the other option was blue tribe gets a bag of rice. They take away the tarps, comfort items, all that stuff. And then they give all the things they took away from the blue tribe to the orange tribe. Yeah, that actually might not have been bad. I mean, again, you do get into the problem of, hey, Missy and John keep winning. <laughs> Eat up that rice. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of the luck of Survivor and sometimes... Things move you around that you get punished for things that aren't your fault. Uh, ask Kelly Wentworth. Um, I'd say another possible solution, if you really want to get harsh, but feel that it's unfair to punish Josh, Alec, and Wes, is they get immunity, and yeah, you're going to tribal council. Uh, the only problem is, at that point, why would the other four people say yes? Right. And then the show doesn't give rice. Yes. And then they have to manufacture ways of giving them food. Now, here's a question that just occurred to me right now. Do you think it was always going to be a big food reward? Or maybe were they listening to, you know, Jeremy's interviews? Like, they'll just give us a reward. We shouldn't do this. And they're like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. yes, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, you guys were going to get a spa retreat for this one, but mm, changed our mind. Barbecue. Yeah, uh, You're going to get that uh, crappy uh, fishing gear that everybody thinks is so awesome. And Keith proved again tonight, fishing gear sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a sling is usually pretty good, you know, but has anybody in the history of Survivor caught a fish on a line? Maybe once. Yeah, I'm trying maybe to think not back. shown, but yeah. that, that's a fake reward. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, pretty anticlimactic probes basically gives them rice. I mean, it was what we expected. The thing is, you would think that shame would keep you from overeating the rice. Like, you don't want to be the idiots who had to beg for food because you ran out of it. But I think if I had to pick a cast that would have no shame that would prevent them from eating all the rice, it is this cast. Yeah, I mean, God damn, we're doing two episodes in a row on uh, rice, but uh it's just indicative of this season. These people are dumb. They're morons. They're self-centered. They are not what players should be 28 seasons in. And, like, that's not all of them. I think there are some people that in a better situation would be doing better. I think they even pointed it out tonight, and I think it might have been Invisi-Reed, who wasn't so invisible tonight, um, that, yeah, there's people aggressively eating, but it's a social game, and what can, like, one or two of us do? And I don't think it was just Missy and John and Drew. I think, given Jeremy's reaction, he was probably one of those going up for seconds, too. I think so. Uh So, yeah, that's part of the problem, too. So maybe a Reed and a Josh, you know, are really good game players or had the possibility of being good survivors. Maybe a Jeremy, maybe a Kelly and Dale. But if everybody else are idiots, well, you kind of have to go with the group. You kind of have to go with the crowd. That's Survivor. Well, speaking of everybody else being idiots, 
is Jeremy really still getting the winner's edit? Because I feel like we saw some uh, huge flaws in his game and strategy and attitude in general tonight. Yeah, I think we're at the point where all of us, as Survivor fans and watchers, need to give up the idea that there is a winner's edit for this season. I don't think there's going to be one, because I don't think there's anybody deserving of one. Somebody's going to win. But I don't think that they're going to build this arc of great player, you know, this is one of the the champions of Survivor. It's just going to be like, oh, yeah, and that person wins, which almost makes me think it's a woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're saying precedent here? Yes. It seems like the people that don't get winner's edits, or I should say the winners that don't get winner's edits, tend to share one genetic trait. Uh, yeah, Jeremy was not very impressive tonight. I mean, he was right, kind of. Yeah, he ended up being right. They won a reward that was food that probably would have sustained them. But for one, you can't plan on that. You can't plan that maybe possibly it would be a food challenge and maybe possibly we would win. You need to work amongst the best stakes possible. And those are food is more important than shelter. Because it's not like it's a choice between all food and all shelter you still have a shelter it's just not as good a shelter apparently not a very great shelter at all (laughs) it's a it's probably a standard survivor shelter it's probably about as good as those you know suckers over on the other tribe we're getting um tarps are great i think they are actually undervalued as rewards i would put them in the top three most valuable things you can have in survivor but there's been many a tribe that lived without one but there aren't many that lived without any food source. That's true. Um, I actually did like that Probst referenced Australia when he was giving them the rice, though. I yeah. like when the show does the callbacks to itself. What a nice era of survival we're in where we can pretend like people know what happened before. And I think that's probably indicative of the fact that they know that their audience is their audience. They might get a few floaters here or there, but it, at this point, we're not chasing new people. I feel like uh we're getting some floaters this season in that the uh survivors we're witnessing are the proverbial turds in the punch pole. <laughs> well played, sir. Thank but you. yeah, uh Jeremy was not like he was just a little too bitchy um this episode. And yes. to your point, is that a winner's edit? No, but I don't think it precludes him from being a winner either. I think we are looking at a flawed winner no matter what it is this season, and you know, it could be Jeremy. Um one thing I thought I had is, you know, his, you know, his grumpy attitude was annoying me. But think about all of us as fans. We can't stand these people, and we're just watching them on television. Imagine being on their tribe. Maybe that would make you a complainer, too. Yes. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned that we might have a female winner here, because I kind of caught a vibe this week. You know, I think the clear leaders in terms of who's potential winners for this season are Josh and Jeremy. But I kind of caught a Natalie vibe this week. Were you getting that too? I don't know about winners, but I really liked what she did. I think I now have a rooting interest beyond, you know, Fantasy Survivor, which went down the drains mostly last week. Yeah, I'm on Team Natalie. She was was great. And uh, obviously this spins off of her decision to go to exile. So what did you think of that? I was a little confused at first. Did that surprise you that she basically nominated herself to go? Yeah, especially because her facial expression was kind of like, not me, I want to eat. Now, obviously, all facial expressions are suspect. They're pieces of editing. Yeah. But then when she uh, did that, I was like, what? Well, the weird part is, why do you say, oh, I was going to nominate myself? 
why didn't you nominate yourself? Were you waiting to see who he suggested before you did that? Uh, maybe there was never an opportunity, right? Um, or maybe, yeah, she was going to do that. Because really, what's the point? It's like, oh, uh, me. It's like, yeah, I was going to fire you anyway. It's like, you can't quit. You're fired. Uh, so yeah, maybe he'll wait that. It feels a little more heroic. It gives you the opportunity to save someone. Like someone real, right? Not just the tangential, you've saved everybody, but literally, Julie, I have stepped in front of the grenade for you. And here's another thought that I'm just having at this moment. This is what happens when you do it Wednesday night. Um, <laughs> maybe she volunteered because it was Julie. Ooh. Maybe, you know, she'd already picked up on the idea that Julie is struggling out there, but, you know, Julie is important to her game. She needs Julie to stay. So she's like, I'm going to lose an ally. She's just going to quit. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> For later in this podcast. Uh, so I better go because Jeremy and I need Julie. Now, see, I like that. I think that that's the most reasonable explanation. Whether that's her reasoning or not, that's a good reason to go. Cause if you well, see- And it could be in part of the calculus. Maybe it's not the primary reason, but it was just something there like, uh-oh. Because I think her other reason was also pretty good. Yeah. Wanting to basically make sure that she was tight with Baylor and Missy because they're going to need numbers. Especially when, coming in, Natalie was the one that was most visibly shocked and disappointed that Kelly went home. So she knew she lost that one, so she's like, I better lock it down with Missy. Otherwise, my game is sunk. Right, so Natalie realizes Kelly's gone. Oh my god, there goes one of our allies because we needed numbers at the merge. The best possible solution, then, is to replace Kelly with Baylor, because she already has an alliance with Missy. So then she tries to go to exile with Baylor to solidify that alliance which is the best possible move so if there is a winner tonight it's natalie it was possibly the best move that's been made all season that's a low uh, bar yeah incredibly low bar but it was impressive and look natalie has also been doing good things up until this episode just nothing as overt as this for us the viewer so yeah winners at it no they're not letting her talk enough for it to be called a winners at it uh no she's not invisible she has gotten some things uh so she could definitely be the winner and i was very impressed by her yeah i mean i think we said coming into the season like there's apparently this big divisive mindset around the 20s that you know you either love them or you hate them i don't know that i would necessarily categorize this as loving them but i'm at least enjoying natalie now yeah, we might not be Team 20s, but we might be Team 20. Singular. Yeah, singular. Yeah, if you, maybe if you just eliminate one of the two, they're much better. The uh, That's right. So when Nadia comes back for the All First Boots episode, watch out. Oh, yeah. Maybe the parts are greater than the whole here. <laughs> oh, phrasing. So, so the other thing that got a bit of airtime tonight was the relationship of Josh and Reed. Uh, largely because, challenge-wise, they had a very good night. Um, and this led to something you want to talk about. Yeah, because Survivor getting pretty progressive here with how they're showing the affection between the gay guys. I mean, they've always been, and we've discussed this before, slightly ahead of the curve as far as their portrayals of gay and lesbian people on the show. I mean, relative. The very first winner, the guy who set the bar for Survivor, was a gay man, Richard Hatch. Yeah, and then we had Todd win a fairly early, well, actually, I guess season 12-ish or so, Um there's been a few caricature-type portrayals of gays on this show, but for the most part, they're, they got a decent batting average here. Yeah, but I think this does uh, represent a step forward for them. Uh, Eliza pointed it out on 
Twitter tonight that in Vanuatu they edited it out, you know, Scout kissing her uh, girlfriend and Ka- Amy kissing hers during the family visit. So, yeah, good on them. <laughs> I mean, good on them for this now, not for the, them. Well, what's funny is we were discussing last season how sexist this show is. <laughs> And do you think that they're swinging the pendulum now? They're trying to overcompensate for their, you know, perceived sexism last season? No, I think <laughs> the, the, the sexism is ingrained. It's, yeah, it's not, still there. not even, like, it's not something that they, they think about. I think on the face of it, you know, it's a show that casts, except for this season due to, you know, some troubles, it's always 50-50. They've done men versus women seasons. They equalize things out for challenges. So I think they think, you know that they're good. You know, like it's not sexism isn't an issue for Survivor. The problem is it just it just is. It's it's in the edit, and part and it's also in just it's become kind of inherent to the game. People just come in with assumptions that men strong, women weak, and divide themselves among that way. So I don't think it's a reaction to that because I don't think it, they think it's a problem. Uh, where I think this is is just you know good for them. Uh, the the arc of change is long, and these sort of things are becoming less and less of a deal. And I'm sure they got mail about it tonight. I'm sure they've been getting mail about it, but I think it's it doesn't matter. Even in your crazy country, there's more states that allow gay marriage that isn't at this point. Like, good for CBS, good for Survivor. Um, and hey, let's get more of it, I guess, because I think Josh is one of the best characters on this season. Yeah, again, those are. Yeah, incredibly low bar. But let's develop all aspects of his character because this is part of who he is. Yeah, I will say, though, that I feel like you could cast better gays in the future. Not really enamored with Joshua Reed. Okay, yeah, I will just uh, contend that part of this might be the failure of all the other parts. Maybe a Josh is so much better when put against other players. Um, it's an analogy... I was planning on getting to later, but I can get to it now. Uh, sometimes really good poker players are going to lose to idiots because you just can't. Idiots are unpredictable. Compensate for, yeah, they just like, they just keep, they keep calling and betting and waiting and then in the fifth card bails them out. And it could be that way with Josh. Maybe he'd really love to be with somebody else who could talk strategy and like enact something, but with these lunkheads, he's just got to swing for the fences and do his own thing. You don't think that, uh, Baylor is his fellow strategic mastermind? <laughs> Well, I think, sadly, she might be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that could be the problem. And actually, that does lead into the next thing. Um, I think the other people that might have been that way are Kelly and Dale. And that part of the reason why this season might not be so stellar is it couldn't be about Kelly and Dale because they were the fifth and sixth boot. And some of it was their own fault. They were not able to uh, socially ingratiate themselves well enough to succeed in Survivor, but maybe it's impossible to do that when everybody's a freaking moron. That that could be. Do you frequently have trouble interacting with morons in your life? Well, I just quit my job, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you such a lead-in right there. Set it on a team for you. But you know what? I'm burying the lead here. Dale! Dale did my plan. Like, is he a time traveler? Like, how did he steal your idea in the past? That was amazing. Awesome. I think I even tweeted at him, like, Dale, this is what you need to do, or something like that. Yeah, and Kelly favorited it, probably because she's like, that's exactly that's what he what did. That's what Dad did. <laughs> Bravo for you. Seriously. I mean, it wasn't a full-on prediction. It was more you were puzzling out what would be the best move. Yeah. And I think you were right. Yeah, and I think we've said this before, you know, the best moves can still fail. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you're in a situation where it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. I mean, you can throw whatever you possibly can at the wall, you know, throw the kitchen sink at the problem, and you're just not going to find a workable solution. I think, though, this had a chance. The one flaw in execution that I will say that I noticed from what we can see, and obviously we don't get to see everything. I think, and you tell me if you agree with this, if I'm Dale, I wait until, you know, 30 minutes before we're going to tribal council. And I tell John this just because I don't want John to have any time to think. Not that John is a big thinker, clearly, but I want John to feel like, oh, my God, this is such a great offer. I don't have much time to think it over. Ooh, do I want to pass this up? And I feel like the more time he has to think about it, the more time he has to be persuaded by other people. Yeah, absolutely. If you're springing a bluff, you need to give people as few opportunities because the show has proven that there's just ways to, like, idols don't matter that much, especially if there's enough numbers and you have enough time. Uh, was the big, uh, success of the, the, the three amigos moment is that there was no time to do anything about it other than Philip just be like, Hey, damn, they got me. You know? Yep. Uh, now obviously the counter to that is they didn't have time to perfect their plan. But they literally didn't have time. I mean, I all dropped into their lap about an hour before they needed to use it. So yeah, I think the more time that they would, the less time they would have given John, the greater level of success. I can see why Dale wanted to do it then, because then it's kind of like, it's not a Hail Mary last minute thing that you can just be like, he didn't find no idol. Right. He just made that up. He could be like, you know, I had this, I just didn't think I needed it last night, but now I'm good. Well, judging Uh, from the edit that we saw, and again, this is just an edit, so who knows what order these things occurred in. Yeah, there was some really bad editing chronologically tonight. Yes. Uh, John had the wrong buff for one interview tonight. Yeah, and uh, we had our interview with Tony after last season where he mentioned that they digitally altered his buff to show a pre-merge scene post-merge. Clearly, we had a little bit of an editing issue tonight, so oops. They let one That's of those right. John edits slip through. Even the editors are like, whatever this season, man. Yeah, no one's paying that much attention. Survivor 30. Uh, anyway, to your point. So, yeah, I totally lost where I was going with this. I think I sidetracked it too. Something about Um, Dale, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was great. He did your plan about, hey, I'll give you this idol. And that's ultimately a fake idol doesn't help that much if they're willing to call your bluff. And right. they don't even have to call it that hard. They just need to split a vote like they did. Yeah. So, yeah, he can't just be like, I'm holding on to this baby. So bravo for him for trying to find another way. I think the other big flaw in his plan is going after Missy. You think so? You think if he had said, like, look, we got to go after Keith, you think it would have been more successful? I think he would have had a greater chance of success. Clearly, John had chosen to be with Missy and Baylor for whatever reason. Uh, and they were also together on an island. They were in a tribe together, you know, three days prior. At that point, although I guess so was Keith. But it's just like, don't dictate terms, Dale. Let them yeah. decide. Let John decide who would be the person. Yeah, you're not really negotiating from a position of power there. Yeah, I think John and maybe Dale couldn't have known this, which, again, would speak to some of his failures, failures socially. John might have been willing to be like, yeah, sure, whatever, Keith. You know, <laughs> like it's not worth risking and there's some small benefit to me. But Missy, that requires a big change in plans. And then, uh, final, like there was a flaw in his sales pitch, uh, that we saw at Tribal Council. Maybe at that point also he already knew that he had lost, but that he was like, you know, I don't have any connections to the other side. He was trying to say that as a positive. That was a negative. Yes. <laughs> you had nothing to offer besides a fake idol, Dale. 
Yeah. Uh, the reason why John didn't go with you is that Missy and Baylor can bring a greater alliance to bring him numbers at an emerge situation. Well, you're giving John a lot of credit here. No, I don't think so. I don't think I am. I think that's exactly what the calculus was, and it was that simple. Because as soon as he got this information, he goes to Missy, and then he even gives interviews, uh, which basically gave the game away, is that what's going to help me have the numbers you know, in the next part of the game. I need to set myself up so I can stay in in power. Yeah. They ain't giving you that. Uh, where, like, having no connections helps is if you're, like, the fifth or sixth person in an alliance, not if you're the third. Right. Uh, now, look, obviously, there's not much you could do about that, but that's why, you, instead of going two for one to try to take out Missy Baylor, you just say, hey, Keith instead of me. Yep. Do the old Sandra strategy. Anybody but me. Now, it might not have ended up working, but I think it would have had a greater level of success than, you know, uh, you need to throw away your alliance partner because of this. Well, and this was one of the other things that he didn't execute from my plan last week, which was if you're going to suggest that it be Baylor or Missy, you need to sell it as, listen, you two, meaning John and Jacqueline, need to be the power couple. You don't want to have another couple opposing you, so... This leaves you as the only couple. We're all beholden to you, blah, blah, blah. You're the best. You're the king, queen, whatever. I'll say maybe he did. Uh, That's something that easily could have been left out. But I just think, yeah, I think Missy was a non-starter. In so many ways. Keith might have been successful. Now, unbeknownst to him, it would have been interesting if they did just make it Keith, and then Keith plays, plays his real idol. But, you know... Good for Dale, you know? He, he went out swinging, he tried basically all you could in the lowest position he was at. It just didn't work out, but more survivors do that thing, because, you know, we will think highly of you. Yeah. Which is why I do think that maybe if Dale or Kelly or both would have done better this season, maybe these episodes would have been better too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they certainly had a much greater mind for the game than the vast majority of this cast, so... Could have made for a more interesting season, but doesn't look like we're headed that way. Dale gets full efforts for trying, but there was maybe a few plot, uh, flaws that we can um, armchair quarterback from the comfort of our own homes. But what about everybody else? Was it the right move to vote Dale out? Probably. I mean, they don't know, though, supposedly, that Keith has an idol. So it's not that they can justify that as the reason for keeping Keith. Like, oh, well, Keith has an idol, too, so we can keep him and we'll at least have his idol. At a certain point, like you said, John and Jacqueline probably realize that their only chance of remaining in a power position is aligning with the other couple and then hoping that they have strong connections with the former Blue Tribe mm-hmm. that they can exploit after the merge. So Dale, like you said, as a free agent, basically, doesn't offer them a whole lot as an asset. Yeah, and I think that's true. I think the one, the big flaw that Dale's plan, you know, thrust upon them that could be really problematic going forward is, uh, they just threw Keith over the bus, uh, under the bus. Like, yeah, so that was, that was my thinking is you get to tribal and Keith now knows, oh, I'm at the bottom. Yeah, it's like they don't care about me. They were perfectly willing to send me home. Uh, Ultimately, though, maybe that doesn't matter. I don't know if Keith is a power player to, of which to fear, so it might be an acceptable loss. Um, but I guess I would also go further to my point that maybe if Dale just made it Keith, it's like, you know, with this vote, we're going to lose Keith anyway, so let's just vote for Keith. Well, and now Keith is going to go into the merge, and he might actually have some power of some kind. 
Yeah, he gets to reunite with his son. The son has allies over there. He has an idol that they don't know about. Like I'm, I, I think Keith is still a reasonable bet to win, as in you know more than zero percent, not a front not runner, much. but but he's still a dark horse because you know this just could be a season that sucks. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's the big flaw, and that's. I think the danger people take is, yeah, vote splitting is all very good. And sometimes it's just the insurance you have to do. But you don't always have a safer target, and that could burn bridges. So it's possible that Dale screwed all of the Orange Tribe tonight, which, if that's the case, bravo, Dale. Yeah. Well, and we already talked about Keith's minimal chance of winning. Let's talk about 0% chance of winning. Last week I put Dale in, so yay me! I got it. Nailed it um, just in time. Just in time. Got that one under the wire. So in the spirit of that, I better call Julie right now. Uh, Julie, <laughs> welcome to the 0% Club because, yeah, you're not long for this game. Didn't I have Julie in already? I don't know. You put in like four people last week or something. <laughs> I loaded up the bus. Down, but yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you've basically given up on almost everybody. Yeah. Uh, so probably. Okay. But. Well, so this week I want to put in Alec, of course. Of course. Yeah. The traditional Alex. Yes. Have to put him in every week just in case, in case he's trying to escape. I don't really know that there's another one to put in. I mean, you have strong feelings about anybody being 0% this week? I think I threw in Wes last week. He would have you been one. You threw in one. Wes. You threw in Missy, uh, possibly Julie. If you didn't, you're, you've been putting her in. Yes. I think you threw in Jacqueline. Um, I haven't been as trigger happy as you because I'm Canadian. Um, <laughs> hey, you can't but- make that joke this week. <laughs> uh, maybe this week, not last week. Oh yeah. Last um, week. I'm actually ready to put Missy in now. I, I didn't agree last week because she had a good episode. And here's what I'm going to continue. It's possible that Missy is the best player on this season. No, you're what? Yeah. Based on I'm what? Ever? She's getting her way. John, when presented with an opportunity to vote her out and collect an idol and make this thing, who does he talk to? Missy, Natalie. When presented with a chance of eating a bunch of kebabs, what does she do? She sends herself to Exile Island to, you know, reunite her bond with Missy. I think Missy is the hub socially of that old Hanawapu tribe. And that's typically a really good thing. Now, why am I putting in her 0% club? Because it doesn't seem to matter. Despite the fact that she might stealth be the best player this season, this show has no interest in making her look good. Um, So while I don't believe there is a winner's edit this season, they're not going to make the winner look this bad. Like I think it would be easy to cut around to show that Missy is doing really well. I strongly that, refute your claim that she might be the best player of the season. I want to distance myself as far as possible from that. Then who? Then who? I, it's not her. I mean, it, is it Josh? Is it Natalie? Is it Jeremy? There's contenders. I mean, again, we're, it's a low bar because at, at best these people are C plus, but Missy tops out at a C minus. What has Missy done poorly? Mm, exist. That's not enough. <laughs> like, we don't like her. They clearly do. Like, everybody that is, yeah, that isn't Dale, uh, who had no power in the game and didn't matter, is on Team Missy. That is generally indicative of very good survivor play. So Missy should have been easily voted out. She's the oldest woman there, and it doesn't matter. Everybody is on Team Missy. No, there's at least three people who aren't on Team Missy. Her three ex-husbands. 
<laughs> Zing. Well, she only, I'm sure they were for at least 39 days of their tenure. <laughs> so I do think she's playing the best game, or possibly. Now, again, I don't think it's because also nobody else is playing a good game. Um, but I don't think she's the winner. I don't think she has a chance to win because somebody can't be having as much success as she is having and not look like it. If they were the winner. Do you think Trish from last season is watching this season and just cursing a blue streak? Like, oh my God, I would have dominated these idiots. I think everybody from last season might be thinking <laughs> uh, yeah, that. Spencer minus, certainly is. Minus JTia, who is very supportive of all survivors because she doesn't want them to be picked on on Twitter like she was. Aww. And you know what, JTia, nobody's going to be picked on like you because nobody sucks like you. Oh. Uh, but at least she hearts nerds. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I'm adding Missy, but I am uh, stating the controversial opinion that she might actually be playing the best, and that might be also why this season is awful. Um, all right, so we've—I uh, think the Quick Club—they're just taking the odds off the board in Vegas, right? Like, no more bets. Hey, we certainly point. we moved into the uh, long shot range here. You have like you're really fishing if you're trying to find another one. Yeah, basically, it's either the show just showed us who the quitter was, or they're psyching us out. But I don't know why you'd psych us out on a quitter, because most times we wouldn't know somebody's quitting. <laughs> they wouldn't have created this you know, season preview where they let that slip. So, yeah, Julie's quitting, right? Uh, I mean, it certainly seems that way, right? Yeah, and what's thing is, like, how did we blow that? Like, we've never mentioned her. We've never brought her up. I think we brought her up maybe in, like, week one. Maybe, but I think maybe it's just because we assumed she would get voted out before she ever had a chance to quit. Yeah. Uh, and that's not happening. Uh, here's a thought I had. Was Reed's intention to send uh, Julie to Exile Island just a way to hasten the breaking of her? Ooh. I think you might be giving Reed so, too much credit. that's credits. diabolical. Well, why else? Why, why Julie, you know? I mean, it could just be simple. I don't have a relationship with this person, so it doesn't matter. Uh, and she's the least powerful person out there. But maybe, maybe she's whimpering around. She was the one most crying about food and all that. And it's like, I could send her there and she could be gone. And, you know, Josh and I will have numbers as a result. I like how you're just spreading around credit to undeserving people this week. Just like willy nilly. Like, here, you deserve credit for this move. And I've made my claim for Missy. I'm still waiting for your refutation. <laughs> besides, I don't like her on my television. Yes. She... As though it's impossible for a likable person to also be doing well at Survivor. Yeah, well. Anyway, I I don't know if that was Reed's intent. If it was, good job. Because I mean, look, it's total fan fiction. I'm just speculating here, but it's like well, this is as good a reason as any. I'm not going to ascribe it to him and start talking. Read the mastermind, but it's kind of like, a, or, or you know, maybe even simpler than that. He was tired of hearing her belly aching. Well, who can just find out? in his exit interview, which probably won't be too long from now. <laughs> well, then let's get into predictions. Excellent <laughs> transition. Um, so, we got a merch next week. Yeah. There's a lot of ways this thing could break down. I don't know if we want to go into all the possible iterations, but... Well, we've had so much trouble with Skype tonight that probably not. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a whole lot of moving parts here, so it's going to be really difficult to predict who's going home. Yeah, there's a good chance this merge could represent one of two things. The last good episode of the season, or the kickoff of a maybe a resplendent second half. Um, Seriously, what is with your optimism tonight? 
Look, I just quit my job. I'm full of uh, optimism and hope. I've reached all five stages, so I am a happy man. <laughs> so I am willing to be generous of these survivors in this season. Uh, the future is bright, and uh, I still choose to believe that this will work out, just as I'm choosing to believe other things will. Uh, so what I think is going to happen, uh, since you're not asking... Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, well, last week we were talking that we thought that Jeremy was going to win the battle and we thought he was going to win over Alec. I'm starting to think now that that's not happening because it doesn't need to. Uh, I think we're going to see the majority form around Natalie, Missy, Baylor, Jeremy, John, Jacqueline. So that would be the power five with, you know, Keith, Keith, Wes, or Julie as a possible sixth. One think, of those floaters would be there. Do you think Julie quits next week, effectively making not this coming week, but the following the merge episode, or what? What we think of as the merge uh, episode? No, because we saw. I think more likely that a merge would be able to bring her through. I don't think she quits next week. I think she'll get a merge feast. There'll be more people. She'll be excited. Now, here's a problem. She might be. Yeah, we're in that you know, fuzzy jury der- territory here that we talked about last week. Now, like that's certainly happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and if she quits, I think that actually just makes that uh, prediction of the those people even stronger. And actually, right now it's already a majority. My math was bad. That's six people. So I think they are on the winning side. I think, as we thought, Josh and Reed are going to be on the losing side. They're not going to need Alec. They're not going to need Wes. And I think the first target will be Josh, as you know the preview uh, alluded to. And if he wins immunity, it's going to be Reed. Okay. Uh, you don't think that they save him for a little later? I feel like he's gotten too big of an edit to be the one that goes home at the merge. No, I mean, this is when Aris went home. Like, I, I don't think it's unusual for a, a first-half player to go home right at the merge. You get, you go out, and the way, the only way I think it's not him is, yeah, he wins immunity, so then, you know, it's Reed, whatever. But I think, like, Josh is the target. He is the threat that isn't on your side. And I'm not sure what, uh, other than winning immunity, what he could do about it. Hmm. Okay, I mean, I can see them breaking up a couple. So I figured it was either going to be, you know, one of the Josh and Reed duo, or it's going to be, uh, Keith and Wes. I feel like there's less, immediate need to get rid of either Keith or Wes. So yeah, Josh or Reed would be the target here. Just to be a contrarian, I'll say it's Reed. Yeah, and I suppose one other uh, possible problem is idol worry. So if you think that Josh could possibly be the idol holder, that's when you vote out you know, his top lieutenant, which could be Wes. Because they don't know where the idols are. Nobody knows who has an idol but Keith. Uh, as far as we know. To the know. best of our knowledge. And I, that I believe, because Keith strikes me as a person that couldn't think of uh, an idol's uses other than, you know, using it. Yes. He had to be explained at Tribal Council <laughs> what a, uh, what was it, a sub-alliance? Yeah, he needed yes. to be under- <laughs> or explained that by Jeremy. So I don't think he's gotten creative, like, oh, this could really, you know, solidify my alliance. Because if it has, it certainly doesn't seem like it has. Right. Uh, or anything like that. So I bet he's keeping it a secret until, you know, he catches wind and needs to play it. And we'll, time will tell whether he actually accomplishes that goal. Um, so yeah, there we go. We think Joshua Reed. 
All right. And uh, I actually got my first prediction right this week, so yay me. That's right. You're very excited <laughs> about finally not being able to protect Dale with your reverse jinx. I know. My reverse jinx blew it. At that point, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't just started saying John. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, John, where can people reach us? Oh, they can find us on Twitter, at Purple Rock Pod. Uh, you were actually live-tweeting tonight's episode. I did not. That's so, the first time I ever got to watch it live. Yeah. And uh, I was busy being a parent, so I had to watch it on delay. So All the right. live-tweeting, even though it was on East Coast time, was you. That's right. I sent my kids off for their haircuts. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at purplerockpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find our blog at purplerockpodcast.wordpress.com where you can leave us comments that aren't restricted to 140 characters but are still public for other people to see. Yeah. We've actually gotten some good ones there recently. Yeah. It's, it's the spot. This is, if you're looking for places to, to intelligently discuss Survivor, it could be one. <laughs> sure. There are worse places at least. I could probably yeah. rattle off a few names, but I'm not going to get us in trouble. <laughs> in case some of you are listening, you're all lovely people. Yes. All right. So next week, uh, perhaps our last best chance at a good season of Survivor or a good episode. So fingers crossed. I am Andy, and I just realized we only talked for 40 minutes tonight. To make up for that, I will fill the rest of the podcast with my rendition of the Canadian National Anthem. Oh. Can. Uh. Duh. Just kidding. I am Andy and I make jokes. Theme music! <laughs>